your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Xavier bats in motion. He gets the flip on the jet motion. And there he goes. 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Xavier Betts finds the end zone. And the Huskers now lead it 16 to 3. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. So if you had November 18th in the pool for the day the Big Ten would announce their basketball schedule, congratulations. You are a winner. Because we have a conference basketball. Don't have the non-conference, which starts in seven days. We have a conference schedule, Ben McLaughlin. How about that? Yeah, I think uh, we've all been waiting for this for a while, and it's nice to, <laughs> to finally see it to finally see it out. So, um, to, to put this yeah, in perspective, that, go ahead. We nor- we normally have a conference schedule at the end of August or the first part of September. And I know COVID has certainly changed a lot of things, but my goodness, November 18th and Christmas day basketball games. There's going to be a quadruple header of big 10 hoops on Christmas day. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly going to be different, but this whole year has been different. <laughs> um, so, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll give me something to do on, on Christmas day. I, uh, you know, I'm going to be watching a lot of basketball, um, assuming the games get played as it is. So, yeah, I'm ready uh, I'm, I'm ready to watch some Husker hoops. The NBA has been the one that's kind of owned Christmas Day. They, they have put together the quadruple header starting like at 11 a.m. And so you get done opening your presents and you're kind of waiting, buying time for maybe a late early afternoon lunch, kind of brunch type thing. And there's the NBA. So the Big Ten's going, we're going to get in on this a little bit here. We're going to throw our own little quadruple header up there. Nebraska's one of them, as the Huskers will have their conference home opener that day against the Michigan Wolverines. So the schedule is out. It's up. Huskers.com has it. Nebraska will open conference hoops Monday the 21st at Wisconsin. Come home on Christmas Day to play Michigan. Uh, Then Wednesday, December the 30th, they go to Ohio State. Uh, January 2nd, back home to play Michigan State. You talk about how, how loaded is that, Ben? Just those first four, the first fifth of the schedule with at Wisconsin, home to Michigan, at Ohio State, home to Michigan State. I don't, But I don't know that there's going to be any easy games in the Big Ten Conference. Maybe Northwestern's one you want to get in there, but my goodness, this is, <laughs> this is a – that's a loaded schedule, and there, there it is, December 21st, your first conference game. Yeah, I, uh, you know, looking at it, I, I, I couldn't help but say, okay, well, where's the first game that Nebraska will be, you know, under a five-point dog or a favorite mm-hmm. in? And it t- yeah. took a while to, to find it. But you knew that was going to be the case, and I think we're all just happy to, uh, to have it out and, you know, and start, start planning ahead and, and uh, you know, getting this thing underway. It's interesting because at the Josh and I were laughing about this earlier today when this came out about four o'clock this afternoon, and, and Seamus McKnight, who does a great job with Husker basketball, he's the sports information director for there. He's got the release out, and then at the bottom line of the release it says, um, "The while well, the non-conference schedule will be announced soon." 
Well, I hope so. We, I think we have a game in a week. All indications are we have a game in one week for Husker basketball, but there it is. A lot of you have been waiting for it. Go check it out on Huskers.com, the complete 20-game schedule. The league did a very smart thing. They have built in some kind of off weeks where they can shuffle a game. If you have to cancel a game, uh, they put one in late January and one in February. Uh, where if they have to kind of massage the schedule because of an outbreak with one or two teams or three or four teams, whatever it may be, that they do have some flexibility with it. That's smart that they're able to, to get that done there. Wish I could tell you who the, old, the, the first game of the season's against, when it is. Exactly. Can't do it. Don't have it yet. But we do have the 20-game conference schedule that came out at about 4 o'clock today. Bill Moose and Fred Hoiberg both alluded to this last night uh, here on the program. Welcome to our Wednesday edition of Sports Honor here on the Husker Sports Network. Here's what we have for you tonight on the show. We do have our Big Ten Blitz coming up here in a couple of minutes. We're going to try to find out what's going on at Maryland. There is still no indication whether the Terps are a go or not for Saturday against Michigan State. They missed last week's game against Ohio State. We'll also check in with the Buckeyes, who had the unscheduled off week last week and now get set to host Indiana. And we'll also check in um, with what's going to be happening on Saturday uh, for Northwestern as they host the Wisconsin Badgers in a key, very key matchup in the Big Ten West. So that's coming up here in a little bit. Hour number two, Matt Cody is going to be along to take the reins of the program because we'll have our first women's basketball radio hour of the year. Amy Williams will be along to talk women's hoops with Coat coming up in hour number two of the program. Neither their non-conference or their conference schedule is out, but they haven't, like the men, practicing since October the 14th. A lot of new faces to introduce you to, as we did last night with Coach Hoiberg about the men's basketball team. So that's coming up in hour number two. Third hour of the show, we'll have our uh, buy-sell segment, see how we fared with some of our questions from last week, and then get into a new batch this week. And we'll also play our Big Red replay from the Nebraska Lottery during hour number three, give somebody a chance to be a winner, courtesy of the Nebraska Lottery. But uh, the big excitement of the day is that the Big Ten basketball schedule is out and the Huskers now know when and where they'll play teams and what order they'll play them in starting on December the 21st. So we're about almost exactly a month away from the start of that. Basically what they did in the last couple years of Big Ten basketball since they went to the 20-game schedule, they would play two that wrapped around that first weekend of December. Those are gone. They just backed it up a couple of weeks, and then it's a go from there that point on to the, for the rest of the season. But we're still awaiting everybody's non-conference schedule. No media availability today for the Huskers on the, foot, on the gridiron as they continue preparations for Saturday's game with Illinois. Uh, we will hear from the head coach tomorrow and tomorrow night. We'll have our Nebraska football show in hour number two. Ryan Held, Husker running backs coach and recruiting coordinator, will be with us in hour number two tomorrow night. So looking forward to hearing from Coach Held for an entire hour tomorrow here on the program. So Coach Frost after the morning practice and then Ryan Held here tomorrow night to get the Huskers try to make it two in a row. Went back today, Ben, and kind of broke down Illinois' matchup with Rutgers. Uh, it's an, a very aggressive defense. The young quarterback can really move. He reminded me, Ben, as I watched that game, kind of reminded me the way he ran and moved and made guys miss of Wandale. Uh, not very accurate in the passing game, but he's slippery, and I bet we see him. And I know Peters is back, their, their veteran quarterback, the former transfer from Michigan, but I think we'll, we'll probably see a combination of those two quarterbacks uh, on Saturday. And, and 
despite what we heard last night from Eric Chenander, I think it's markedly different what they'll probably call play-wise with depending on which of those quarterbacks is under center. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about this yesterday after hearing the clip. I, I'm i not subscribing to the fact that the things are going to be the same. And if I'm Illinois, my offense was among the worst in the league the first couple of weeks with Peters at quarterback. Uh, so I know they're going up against Wisconsin, some tough defenses, and Rutgers is probably a step down. But at the same time, I'm going with what's been working. And, you know, their offense was able to move up and down the field against Rutgers and, you know, have some big third down conversions gimmicky or not. It's better than what they've been running out there. So, you know, I think it would be doing themselves a huge disservice if they didn't implement a good chunk of their game plan based on what was working against Rutgers. So um, it would scare me a lot more with Isaiah Williams back there than Brandon Peters. I can tell you that. Right. Because he, he has the ability to bail out a series of downs. A couple of times he was able to scramble, or even design runs called on third and long, and he would be able to get the necessary first yardage to move the sticks and get a first down. Peters, to me, uh, made the start in the Wisconsin game and then contracted the virus the next week, so he hasn't played since October the 24th. I I, I bet they throw him in there just to, to be more of a threat in the passing game, but he wasn't very good against the Badgers in, in that thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Williams would be the one that would – if I'm Eric Chenander, any series that he's not on the field, I probably breathe better, right, than, than when I see Brandon Peter, Peters out there getting the snaps at center for that team. Uh, what I saw defensively from Illinois kind of was what I expect, expected. They, they hit you. I mean, they're very, very physical defense. We saw that in Champaign a year ago. And they've been pretty good about forcing turnovers in their first couple of games. So ball security will be uh, uh, imperative for the Huskers on Saturday in this game at 11 a.m. I, I don't know how much you've dove into Illinois tape. What what are your impressions of, of Lovey Smith's team that just sits at one and three after four games? Yeah, I think we covered their offense pretty well. I think defensively, the, th- the biggest thing I notice is they're really susceptible to the big play. I think that's what they, you know, the feast or famine type defense and and I, I honestly don't hate the strategy if I'm Lovey Smith you're, you're not going to be a Wisconsin or Northwestern defensively and just hang your hat on on your scheme and, and your defensive talent uh, and just dominating one-on-one matchups for 60 minutes so I think it, it's got to be a little feast or famine with the aggressiveness that they play with kind of the reckless abandon I guess is the best way to describe it getting sacks getting some turnovers um, they, they picked Noah off three times last week. I think that's kind of where, where this, where this defense works is you're going to give up a lot of yards. You're going to give up a lot of big plays. You're probably going to give up a lot of points, but you know, can you change the game with a pick six? You know, they, you, you watch some of the Illinois games the last two years and their biggest plays of the season are defensive scores last year against Wisconsin. They had a, um, you know, a big defensive touchdown. They had a defensive touchdown against the Badgers this year. I think that's that's kind of when, you know, how Lovey Smith and Illinois are going to win games is when you make those game-changing type plays on defense. But they're not going to – they're going to hit you still. I mean, they're still going to pop you. They, there were some hard hits in that Rutgers mm-hmm. game, but this should be a game where Nebraska rips off some huge runs. They have some big one-on-one matchups on the outside. And you, you get some people going. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be 
entirely dissimilar to the effort we saw from Illinois last year. In fact, I'd be surprised if it was anything different. Yeah, they do pop. That game got a little chippy between Illinois and Rutgers, and they that has kind of become a bit of a permanent crock. It's not permanent, but they played them a lot. Those two have faced a lot of each other the last couple of years. Probably pretty appropriate where the two programs usually uh, st- come out in the standings, but it was a little chippy in that game as I went back and watched that thing uh, earlier today. All right, that's what we have on the, on the show, 531-500-4686, the number if you want to dot us up with a comment or question on our Sports Nightly Hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. We're also about 45 minutes away from the start of the NBA draft tonight. Um, there'll be some Big Ten players that come off the board. You've got some Cassius Winston. You've got uh, some other guys from Michigan State that I think are probably going to get drafted. Uh, Atura from uh, Minnesota probably is going to get his name called tonight. Where's your interest level in the draft that normally is held in June, but because of COVID is ready to rock here tonight on, on the 18th of November. You fired up for this one? Um, pretty indifferent. <laughs> to be honest, it'll hold my attention through the first five picks. And then after that, I'll probably just continue along with <laughs> with my night. I just I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to get too excited. I'm, I'm intrigued to see who the Hornets go go with at three. I mean, they've, they're kind of they were quasi my team for a long time until Kemba jumped ship to some team that could win. Uh, but if I had to pick an NBA team that I was a fan of, it, it would probably be the Charlotte Hornets. So I guess by default, I'm, I'm interested to see who they pick. Is that who we saw? In uh, when yeah. we went to the game in DC, yeah, we saw Hornets and yeah. uh, and Wizards. That was yeah. when Devonte Graham from Kansas was on just an absolute tear. Yeah, and we he saw Miles Bridges. We did, yeah, we did see that game. That was before the world got shut down. That was fun. We enjoyed that on our trip to Maryland for the football game last year. The Big Ten Blitz, Maryland, and here to talk about the Terps, Jeff Herman from Twenty Four Seven Sports and. All right, Jeff. Is there going to be football Saturday for the Terps? Uh, it's still very much up in the air. You know, they, they still haven't practiced this week because of the COVID-19 infections and and precautions and perhaps a few new cases, although they haven't come out publicly with that. So there's no word. But, you know, with tomorrow being Thursday already, I don't think it's looking great, to be honest. And that's too bad because of the momentum that this program has built up with some nice play before this shutdown. It's got to be frustrating for the coaches and the players and everybody involved with the program. Yeah, I'm sure it is, especially when you look at the fact that they're playing Michigan State, which is really struggling uh, this season, especially recently. It's at home, so, you know, that would be a chance for them to get another win. Not that it's guaranteed by any stretch, but they were favored by, or are favored, I should say, by, I think, five points. So, you know, that that makes it even even more frustrating, I'm sure. You know, last week they missed Ohio State, which is a little little bit different prospect. So, so yeah, it, it doesn't come at a great time just in terms of that momentum that they had. They're playing well offensively, defensively. They may have made plays. I thought they were great at Penn State in their last game. Where's been the biggest improvement that you've seen from this team from a year ago to what we saw uh, 10 days ago when they beat the, the Nittany Lions? Well, quarterback play is obviously the biggest difference from year to year. 
Uh, Talia Tungvailoa has been really good. You know, he's struggled in the first game against Northwestern. The past two games, he's looked like an all-conference quarterback, throwing the ball and running the ball and just leading the offense. You know, they're just piling, they have been piling up points. And then otherwise, if you exclude him, I would say the offensive line really struggled last year. It's largely the same personnel this year, but they have played, you know, worlds better than they did last year. They're protecting the quarterback well, opening up pretty good holes in the, on the run game. So that, to me, is, you know, not not from an individual, but from a unit point of view, that's been the biggest improvement. Uh, okay, so they haven't practiced. Are they meeting virtually? Are they at least doing that? What can you – and I know they were in a hotel for a while. Is that still the case? Yeah. Uh, no, they were in the hotel for probably three or four days. They left there on Sunday. Uh, each day, there's been hopes that, that that's the day they're going to get out and practice. Today, I thought really thought they would, and then it was canceled. Uh, they are meeting virtually, but, you know, I don't know. It's hard to know if, that if you know, say you get back on the field tomorrow and you have two days of practice, whether that's enough because no one's ever been through this before and seen how people are hand, handle that or whether coaches are able to get their teams ready in two days of actual physical practice. But, yes, they have met virtually. All right, we'll see. Fingers crossed. If it happens, it's supposed to be at 11 Central on BTN with Maryland hosting Michigan State. Jeff Ehrman from 24-7 Sports. Jeff, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Northwestern. And here to talk about the Wildcats, Louis Vicare, the Wildcat Report, as Northwestern gets ready to host the Wisconsin Badgers. Big matchup because of what Northwestern was able to get done last week, and that was a road win at Purdue. What stood out in your mind, Louis, for that victory over the Boilermakers? Yeah, that was a, uh, a pretty impressive win, you know, going on the road and uh, beating a Purdue team that was undefeated. Um, I, I thought that uh, the defense, once again, was tough, like, the, like they have been all year. That's kind of what uh, led them. And then the offense did just enough. You know, uh, Peyton Ramsey had three touchdown passes. Uh, Ramad Chowkiao Bowman, the wide receiver, who had one career touchdown catch, had three of them on Saturday. So, you know, they're, they're doing just enough offensively when they need it. And then their defense has been, really, they've been lights out all season. And it was uh, another pretty good performance out of them. You know, they limited David Bell and Austin O'Connell and all the weapons that the Boilermakers had in the passing game. So that was, uh, that was a big win. And it certainly set up, you know, this game, which could be for the Big Ten West. No doubt, and, and football is such a game of confidence, and you string these wins together like the Cats have been able to do. Got to imagine that they are at a really high level in the mental aspect of this game. What, how would you gauge that with this team right now? Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. They have a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, even before last week, you know, all the talk was uh, Purdue had the number one passing offense, and you talked to Greg Newsome, and you know, he said, hey, we got some good players out here, too. And then if you saw the game, uh, Greg Newsom was chirping with everybody on the Purdue sideline. I mean, he had some words for everybody. You know, they're playing with a lot of swagger, especially defensively and in that secondary in particular. And uh, they got a lot of faith in, faith in uh, Peyton Ramsey on the offensive side. You know, he's coming up big on third downs. They're, they're doing real well in third down conversions. And while his numbers don't blow you away, he is making the plays when they need him. He's stepping up and making the plays, and they have a lot of confidence in him as well. It's a veteran leader. So, yeah, they're feeling pretty good right now. 
All right, this could be the game that decides the West on Saturday with Wisconsin. And, and the Cats have given the Badgers fits over the last decade. Give us kind of a, a history lesson for the last 8-10 matchups between these two. Yeah, Northwestern has, especially in Evanston, uh, they've given them fits. I think uh, Fitz is 3-1 and one in Evanston, I think it is, and 4-5 and five overall. So it's been... You know, roughly a 500 series going all the way back to 1995. I mean, it's been uh, back and forth. It was a, a series that was dominated by the home team that switched around the last time Northwestern was able to win in Madison. I think it was in 2015, and Wisconsin returned the favor recently. Um, but it's a lot of tough physical games. Uh, they're usually tight games with a you know a couple of exceptions here and there but um that's what i expect i expect it to be another you know tight physical big 10 slugfest in november and both teams are kind of similar they both like to run the football um and they, they both play tough defense and it's going to be who makes the fewest mistakes and who capitalizes on the mistakes is going to probably get the win should be a good one. 2.30 Central Time on ABC as Northwestern hosts the Wisconsin Badgers. Louis Vicar of the Wildcat Report. As always, Louis, we appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Greg. Ohio State. And here to talk about the Buckeyes, Matt Andrews of the Ohio State Network. What did you do with your off week last week? <laughs> <laughs> well, believe it or not, Greg, we did a broadcast. So... Huh. The IMG Learfield folks asked us uh, to air last year's Maryland game. We did that. Buckeyes, I think it was 73-14. So it was a snoozer uh, the year before in College Park, and the overtime win would have been better. But but we got all of our pregame stuff, and as you know, the elements, the reads in, did the postgame, had a network pre and post each an hour and a half, and uh, spent the afternoon kind of recounting that game. So we had another game, and I watched a lot of football, including that uh, that fine Huskers win. Happy for you over there in Lincoln. Yeah, we sure needed that. Well, um, would you have believed a month ago if I'd have said, man, this Ohio State-Indiana game is going to be big? But, but it is. <laughs> what, this is. How surprised are you that Indiana has played so well like this? Yeah, I would have asked you if we were starting the Big Ten hoop season early. Uh, no, it, <laughs> I'm surprised. And they've – now, I think – I think – this is just a hunch – but when they got the call for the two-point conversion to beat Penn State, that probably propelled them, I think, with the confidence right now they're playing with, which frankly is scary. I can't believe the, the folks out in the desert think this is a three-touchdown game. I think Indiana's a very good football team. I think uh, the Buckeyes will find a way to win, but I am, uh, I'm very impressed with Tom Allen, what he's done, how they've done it. Uh, we always thought that their offense was, was pretty solid, pretty good. But the fact that they're playing well defensively right now, and again with the supreme confidence, makes for a little bit of, of well, it makes for a very intriguing uh, game coming up this Saturday here in Columbus. Matt, what what do you make of the Buckeyes' running attack through the first mm. couple of weeks, and, and is that something you think that concerns the head coach at this point? Great question, Greg. I think. Yeah, I think it would concern him. I think, though, they've got two that can get it done. I think they're waiting, maybe even a third. Uh, but I think they're waiting for, for kind of that breakout moment. But I still anticipate them platooning. There are people here who talk about it. You know, we talk about it on our show and our station, wondering if if, if it's going to be good enough. And, and frankly, I think this team will add the Justin Fields element of run. Look, he's run more against the Huskers than anybody we've seen to this point. And I think they'll bring that back out 
uh, when or if they need it. I'm not sure they're going to need it in the league. They might. But if they do, I think that, that will be an element. But the other part is I think this team probably with its passing game and his efficiency rate is as good as anybody in college football through the front three or four games, I think in 20-some years. But you got to wonder, man, if this team can, can get it done through the air. Woody Hayes would not agree with that, but Fields is playing at a very, very elite level, as you know. He sure is. What about the what would the grade card say about the defense through three games? That's what I can't wait to see uh, in terms of Saturday. I think, I think, I think right now they're in a solid B. I think the front seven has been really good. The linebacking play has been, I think, probably their best that we've seen here for a few years. Tough Borland is playing uh, faster. Pete Werner at that uh, the weak side spot has has been really good. Strong side, whatever he, you know, they, they've been able to flip him around a little bit. And then they're getting they're getting really good play in the front seven. To me, the biggest question mark for this game coming up on Saturday is how their back four is going to handle the perimeter of Indiana. We've seen the Hoosiers over the years play a lot of perimeter passing, quick drops, a lot of throwouts, a lot of a lot of fades. And I think that's what we're going to see this week is how good can the the back four be. Uh, but that's that's uh, I would say that area has been more of a concern than anything on this football team right now in the secondary. Great stuff. Ohio State against Indiana at the Horseshoe, Saturday at 11 Central on Big Fox. Matt Andrews of the Buckeye Network. As always, Matt, we appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. Tonight, it's the Nebraska Women's Basketball Show right here on the Husker Sports Network. The play stolen by Trinity Brady. She threw a pass ahead to Sam Hobby. Back to Brady. Puts it up and scores. That was all Trinity Brady. Our weekly look inside Husker Women's Basketball. Rising. KK blocked it. KK blocked it. That's the 100th block of the season for KK. And that ties her Nebraska record. With the head coach, Amy Williams. Deep three for Hamilton. Late shot clock. Not good. KK her 11 3 down. Huskers two-point lead of the ball. Whitey's ahead. Sam Hybe left wing. She'll take a three. Yeah! Betcha! Hybe with a huge three to give Nebraska a five-point lead. Nuggets. Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at yourmidwestforddealers.com. Now here's your host, Matt Coatney. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we're really doing this. It's great being with you tonight. Welcome to the Nebraska Women's Basketball Radio Hour. I'm Matt Coatney, delighted to be with you here on the Husker Sports Network and uh, delighted to have Coach Amy Williams with us um, for the first time in a long time. Coach, um, we didn't get a chance to finish off last year correctly at all. Uh, because the virus happened. And uh, first of all, I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, I just have to ask you, aside from basketball, let me ask you about the health of your family, your wonderful husband Lloyd, your daughters, your parents. Just how have you all completely, aside from basketball, been coping with the pandemic since we last visited in March? Yes. Well, thanks, Matt. I got to tell you, I just got myself all chills up and down my spine listening to you call those games and just, you know, getting me all really, really excited about um, getting back in action. But it's been way too long since we've um, been able to see each other and just catch up. And, and so I'm, I'm excited to be here with you tonight. And um, my family, thank you for asking my family. Uh, we've been very fortunate to um, avoid 
avoid um, uh, getting sick or having any type of uh, real serious consequences through this coronavirus. We've been uh, very blessed and very fortunate in that area. So everybody's staying uh, pretty healthy and and safe and just um, uh, just kind of eager to be able to uh, to get the women's basketball team back in action. We uh, will have Coach Williams for the full hour tonight on our first Nebraska Women's Basketball Radio Hour, and we'll take your calls. And since last season, there's a new phone number. Our Woodhouse Auto Family hotline is 531-500-4686. That's also our U.S. Cellular text line. If you uh, have a text question for Coach Williams, you can text it at 531-500-4686. 17 wins for Nebraska last year. We returned from the Big Ten Tournament on Friday, March the 6th, and we all assumed that we would be finding out who the Huskers' first-round WNIT opponent would be. Then the remainder of the basketball season got canceled. I just I just wonder, how hard was that for you to deal with for your team to just say, you know, I, I we felt like we were a postseason team, but especially for your seniors, Hannah Whitish, Nicaea Eliley, Christian Hudson, and Grace Mitchell, what was that conversation like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a heart-wrenching conversation to to have, no question about it. I mean, anytime, um, you know, you're, you have seniors like that that have given as much to the program as those four young ladies did, uh, you know, our whole team and, and coaching staff and, and support staff and everybody was just really motivated to try to extend their season as long and as much as we possibly could. But, um, you know, is uh you know, kind of a heart-wrenching time for just a lot of teams and a lot of people and a lot of um, uh, areas. So I, I think ultimately when you keep um, big picture in mind, I think um, as far as uh, everything is concerned, we still feel incredibly blessed to have gotten the opportunities that we did get. And, um, and you know, it's, it's a tough conversation to have, no doubt, um, but certainly um, something that did not prevent us from being able to really – thank those seniors for everything that they um, contributed to the program and just make sure that they understood, you know, that, um, that while we were, you know, heartbroken to not get to um, have more opportunities with them, that uh, they certainly have left their mark on our program. Visiting with Amy Williams tonight on the first Nebraska women's basketball radio show of the season. You know, Amy, if this were an ordinary fall, and it's not. Um, I would have visited several of your practices, got yeah. the sense of the new players, evaluated how the veterans looked, or maybe seen if anything had changed or if you guys had put up any new decorations in your practice gym. But, you know, for the first time in my life, um, yeah. you know, and I've been around women's basketball a long time. I, this is the first time I haven't been around my team, the team I'm the radio voice of in, in, in the preseason. And so – you know, I haven't even met half your roster. And so the, for the first time ever, I feel like a fan more than anything. So I think about you as a coach from your perspective. How hard has it been for you, you know, during the summer you had international players who were quarantined in their home country. How hard has it been with you with the restrictions necessary for COVID-19 for you to be as connected as you really want to be as a head coach with this, with this particular group of Huskers? Well, there's, there's no doubt that it's been just really challenging. Um, I think, um, you know, 
there gets to a point where your players can only handle so much Zoom. And I think, you know, um, this summer we were trying to, you know, have regular meetings to be able to really stay as connected as we possibly could. But um, they really crave that just personal interaction with each other. And I think that was something that um, was a really tough thing to overcome. But, you know, Matt, I just it doesn't seem quite the same without having you popping over and being able to uh, sneak in, and I'm, I'm anxious and eager for you to be able to meet some of our uh, new players and their personalities and just, you know, have some time with them. And, um, you know, for me personally, um, my family has such a strong presence in our program, and uh, my husband likes to, you know, he's a, a former Division One men's basketball coach, and, and he's, um, he's, you know, um, it's very, very connected and in tune and really gets, uh, it, you know, kind of enjoys being able to come and, and watch practices and, and kind of see what's going on with the team. And my daughters are, are usually, you know, uh, grabbing a ball and, and shooting on the side hoop and, and working on their ball handling or, you know, something bouncing around trying to um, get water or Gatorade for the girls. And, you know, my family always has had such a strong presence and really uh, since our facilities have been kind of closed off to anybody that is not uh, doing the the regulated testing that we are doing, and we've been just taking such, such um, strict measures to limit and control who's able to um, be around uh, our program and our athletes and kind of limiting things to just our Tier 1 uh, group of people, then uh, that's prevented me from being able to kind of have my family up at the gym and bouncing around and stopping by the office and, um, and you know, just even my, my coaching staff and their families. And, you know, it's, uh, um, it's just a very different uh, kind of feel and something that, you know, we have to work uh, extra hard and be very intentional about um, creating that family vibe and atmosphere and um, uh, connections with our team. We're visiting with Amy Williams on the Nebraska Women's Basketball uh, Radio Hour, our first coaches show, 531-500-4686. If you'd like to visit with a coach, and our U.S. Cellular text line is the same number, 531-500-4686. I'm going to ask you about um, the players here as we go throughout the show, but I want to start with somebody who uh, was on the team last year, still with the team, but not as a player. And, you know, Taylor Kissinger was one of the best three-point shooters in the nation. And that's statistically and, you know, by the eye test, no matter what what you want to say. But due to injury, she's elected to retire. Uh, I know now you've got her in a student coach type role. How is she doing health-wise? And um, how is she contributing to the program? What do you see her role in helping this team? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody was really disappointed um, about the news that, you know, Taylor was going to have to um, call short, you know, a, a very, very promising um, uh, college basketball career and just uh, some really tough decisions there. But, um, you know, she had battled injuries just even kind of dating way back into um, high school and then her first few years here with us. And so I think um, there's a situation where, uh, with Taylor 
um, you know, we completely understand that she's making decisions that are best for the long-term future um, of herself. And um, But really, the exciting news is that, you know, she really is interested in pursuing uh, a career path that involves basketball and wanting to stay connected to it. And so um, with that in mind, you know, we've, we've tried to transition her into kind of a role that um, would give her experience in a lot of the behind the scenes aspects of of uh, you know a basketball program that could make her uh, more marketable when when the time comes to be um, searching for opportunities and so she's doing kind of jack of all trades she's at practice you know um, helping you know uh, film and um, do all of the video editing and kind of learning how to utilize all the different technologies that we use um, within the program um, in that video piece and, and um, analysis and, you know, statistical um, kind of breakdowns. And then um, also, you know, just uh, is, is um, kind of, you know, kind of studying under Amanda Hart, our director of basketball operations, maybe a um, assistant director of basketball operations, you could say, you know, just being able to learn how some of that um, work is handled and done so that she um, can see, you know, the planning that goes into team travel. And um, there's a whole lot of elements that have been added to Amanda's plate with um, testing protocols and things that we oh, could have yeah. never dreamed of, you know, one year ago that, um, uh, that Taylor is just getting some great experience being able to see. So uh, it's been good for her. I think it'll be a really valuable um, role that she's able to kind of take with her for her future, but also just um, been a, a good piece, just having another basketball mind and somebody that can kind of um, continue to give us feedback um, from her perspective. The uh, phone number to visit with Coach Williams is 531-500-4686. That's our Woodhouse Auto family hotline, the Sports Nightly hotline, brought to you by Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. We have our first caller of the year for the Nebraska Women's Basketball Radio Hour out in Hall County. Let's go to Grand Island to Chris. Chris, good evening. You're on with Coach Williams. Good evening, Coach. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, I have a couple questions uh, for Coach, and I have a one question for uh, Matt there. Uh, the two questions is for Coach first. Um, with this 2020 being a whole crazy year with the uh, pandi- pandemic and everything, how has this ha- changed your philosophy of coaching and how you have to coach the players up with the uh, very woman at uh, time with the players? Yes, well, good question. I think um, there's been a lot of things that have changed. I think one of the benefits, Chris, that has come in, uh, come from this pandemic has been um, a little bit of time to kind of take a step back and, and really um, address and, and seek out input from our um, players and team about ways that we can be more deliberate with uh, building the culture the way that um, the way that they really feel like they want to build the culture and so that's been a, a real positive thing with the way that 
um, our coaching staff has been able to kind of adjust and shift a little bit during this crazy year. Um, I think uh, also um, what we have really, you know, changed maybe is um, is taking a very intentional approach to uh, the mental health and well-being of our, our athletes during this kind of crazy time. And I think, you know, sometimes um, at this time of year, we get very, very preoccupied with, you know, what, um, what defensive schemes we should be having and getting preparing for our first games and really um, the X's and O's. And, and um, I think um, during this time, it's, it's really just been important to kind of take the pause and know that um, you're, you're putting your players kind of mental health, their well-being, kind of how they're doing uh, with all the emotional um, kind of uh, question marks that, um, that this, this uncertain time can, can bring for um, young women who are incredibly competitive and rigid and used to being on a very strict and structured schedule. And, um, you know, knowing, you know, we are um, one week away from the first day of opening games and, you know, we don't have a schedule out yet. And I think, you know, that uncertainty for kids that are um, very um, used to very structured and rigid and planning. And um, I think um, it, it takes a toll and that's something that um, has changed kind of with the approach that we've taken with our team. Uh, Coach, I have one question for Matt, too, okay. is how is this going to affect your uh, traveling schedule this year? Are you guys going to travel by bus or are you going to do charter flights and are you guys traveling the day before the game or the day of the game? Um, yes, um, that is all kind of still got going to be determined. I think once we get our game schedule and we can see, you know, how things lay out, if strategically, you know, there's going to be a trip where we can get, you know, back-to-back games on the same trip, that may affect whether we take bus or we um, fly by plane uh, on that particular um, trip. And so all of those uh, uh, travel plans um, really haven't been firmed up yet based on uh, the fact that we haven't seen our, our firmed up schedule as of right now. But um, I think, you know, real, real soon we should be able to kind of start making some of those final decisions about how we're traveling and if there's going to be any opportunities for us to just um, – uh, to travel up day of, or if most of those will be um, kind of what we expect is to go the day before the game, do our COVID testing that's required day before and then day of um, at the site where we would play and then play the game and, and come back. So um, I think, I know that's probably a lot of uncertainness in there, but we're still kind of waiting for some of those answers ourselves right now. Matt, is hopefully that we can have a season this year for both of you guys, and hopefully we can hear a lot of you betchas this year. <laughs> That's what I'd like to hear, a whole bunch of you betchas, Chris. Thank you for the call. Well, Did we lose Chris? I, think we, I thought he had a question for me. Chris, if you, if you, if you want to call back, you can. Um, yeah, I uh, – you betcha is um, uh, does not get the COVID virus. 
Um, it is strong, and <laughs> yeah. it can, it can yeah. overcome that. This is the first Nebraska Women's Basketball Radio Hour of the season. I'm Matt Coatney. It's great having you with us. 531-500-4686 is our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline for you to talk to Amy Williams. We'll get back to more of your calls in a second. But, Amy, uh, Scott Frost ended up with three different schedules this year in about a seven-week period. So far, the Big Ten released a men's schedule today, but they haven't released uh, anything about a conference schedule for the women. The NCAA says college basketball teams can play their first game as early as Wednesday, November 25th. Are you ever going to complain about scheduling again once this pandemic ends? Because all coaches complain in the summer about trying to find games or we had this game and we had to move it. Are you ever going to complain about scheduling again once the pandemic's over? Never again. No, never again. I'm holding you to it. I'm holding you to that, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think um, it was – we've kind of learned our lesson about that. And I think, you know, geez, I'm just so glad that – we have people that are way smarter than me trying to put that um, puzzle piece together, uh, you know, with just how complicated things have gotten and all the the different um, health uh, directives that they're trying to, you know, schedule around as well as um, uh, just, um, you know, plans and final schedules and, you know, things that have been shifted and bumped and, and turned upside down and um, just incredible the people in the big 10 and that have been working just tirelessly to try to put together this almost impossible puzzle to, to accommodate all 14 teams in the league. And, um, you know, so uh, I just, uh, I commend them for all of that work. I know how hard it is and it's, just been crazy kind of topsy-turvy just lots of turns even in the last couple weeks with the non-conference scheduling and um you know we're we're hopeful to have you know some some firm answers towards the schedule by uh, the end of this week well it's the number one thing that i get from fans i i say on football you can always tell when someone's arrived when women start texting me like they have about luke mccaffrey's hair uh, in the last week, uh, and you can tell how interested fans are. I get three messages a day minimum about when are we going to have a schedule. So uh, people who are listening, they're waiting for me to say, Matt, talk about the schedule. What information can you give us, anything about the schedule, whether it be non-conference or Big Ten? What do you know? Yeah, I I, I can believe that. I know um, just how uh, – how fortunate we are to have such passion, uh, passionate fan base that is um, is eager to kind of know. And the craziest thing is this time around, uh, we're sitting in our office just as eager as our whole fan base, you know, to right. to kind of have some of those answers. And usually we kind of have a good feel for um, that schedule before it's, you know, long before it's ever released as we're putting contracts together and things are, you know, but um, this time around we're all kind of um, eagerly and patiently waiting for that the uh, Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline is how you can talk to the coach at 531-500-4686 and let's go back to the phones here in the capital city of Lincoln is Crystal Crystal good evening you're on with Coach Williams hi I know that everybody on the team has had to have numerous tests for COVID, but uh, I was just wondering, does Kate Kane have to have all those tests all the time? 
Caspians, it's pretty common knowledge that her and her entire family has, has already had that, had it. Uh, yes, good question. And and yes, um, Kate does. She does do the daily testing right now, just like the rest of our team has done. She's had several PCR tests in um, uh, in addition to the daily uh, testing. And, you know, the big thing there is, you know, it was um, just uh, clear back last spring uh, when Kate was um, positive with her family. And I think just the unknowns for sure about, um, you know, how likely it could be that, you know, she's, she's passed the 90 day window that, um, that we kind of are, are um, told to base it off of with, um, you know, kind of what they're thinking about 90 days that, um, that they could be kind of considered maybe, I don't know, immune um, to getting the virus again. And, and Kate's um, well past the 90 days from when um, she uh, and her family had uh, battled that virus clear back last, um, I think it might have been even late March or early April. So, um, you know, it's it's been a while, um, but she d- does still test um, regularly like the rest of our team and um, also is um, just, you know, but has, has been able to just stay healthy and been in every practice and just doing, doing great. Good. And I have, I have one more question. Um, um, of course I've been looking for a schedule for months now and there, there is no schedule yet, but um, once there is a schedule, will we have uh, more games on TV? Cause it's pretty obvious that there won't, there aren't going to be any fans. Um, I'm hoping for television. Right. Yes. I, you know, I think we are as well. And, and to be quite honest with you, I think that a big holdup uh, right now is that, you know, the Big Ten Conference in general is doing everything in their power to maximize the viewership um, for uh, the teams in our league and the games that we're playing. And so they're trying to be just as strategic as they can be. Um, it's probably one of the reasons why we've had to be very patient because they're they're trying to work those TV windows as best as they possibly can to be strategic for our fans to be able to see as many games on TV as possible. Um, but the other good thing is knowing that um, even on the games that maybe are not picked up on the linear uh, BTN network or or um, t- television, that those games will will likely all be live streamed to where um, it's something that you could watch, you know, um, on a live stream as well. So um, we're, we're going to have a lot of families and, and you know, and, and friends and, and fans that um, I think are going to become familiar with, um, with that as, um, as we work through uh, the potential of not having a normal, normal crowd. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to watch it. Well, thanks for the information, and uh, go the grad. Yeah, thanks for the call. Thank you, Crystal. She appears on our Sports Nightly Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Our phone number is 531-500-4686. It's also our U.S. Cellular text line, Mike, I'm sorry, Chris uh, in Grand Island, who I believe was our caller earlier, sent in this text. Uh, He had another question. Uh, With the schedule, does Amy know if you'll still be able to have your regular game with Creighton? Has that been decided, or do you know? 
Uh, as of right now, we are scheduled to still play Creighton. So um, we're hoping that uh, remains the same and, and uh, we, would, we would get to keep that uh, series going. Very good. Let's head back to the phones, 531-500-4686 up in Omaha. Let's go to Mike. Good evening, Mike. Hey, uh, yeah, I've become a women's basketball fan as I've gotten older, and uh, uh, I'm really bummed that one of my favorite players, really of all time, uh, has transferred apparently to another team in the conference, and I'm going to have to watch her play for Michigan. I need you to cheer me up on on what's going on here because she was fun to watch. Yeah, she certainly was, Mike. And, and um, you know, uh, one thing that we've noticed about just the pandemic is that we have um, had a lot of players, including uh, Leah Brown, who I think you're referring to, um, just um, that have uh, have really thought long and hard about wanting to, you know, be close to family, be close to support system. And, and um, you know, for Leah, Michigan's campus is, is two and a half hours from her hometown and and um, uh, a lot closer to to the family and support system and and so um, it's unfortunate and and she's somebody that uh, brought a lot of things I think we uh, felt like you know in her first couple of years here at Nebraska uh, we were able to really help her develop into uh, just a great player we we're eager to see that um, and now um, she will be uh, playing a little bit closer to her family and support system and, and um, now we'll be on the, the other side, but uh, it's certainly something that uh, we feel like, you know, at this point, you know, we can uh, kind of understand uh, where some people are coming from. We've been able to uh, really benefit, you know, one of our um, one of our five signees that we um, got uh, to, to sign in this 2021 class that was part of a top 21. Um, our 21st ranked recruiting class in the country um, was also uh, somebody that kind of changed her mind and decided to stay closer to home because of some of the things with the pandemic. So we've, we've certainly benefited um, in that sense um, from the same type of situation. And, and you know, it's something where uh, we are eager to, to just move forward and proceed forward with the players that are currently still on the roster. It's time to buy or sell. Now here's the host of Buy or Sell, Brett Whitty and Josh Hilkeman. Here we are, the dynamic duo as hosts once again. Brett's back, yes. raring to go. Um, he has some good questions tonight. He, I, we can see each other's questions now ahead of time, which is fun. So I know that he has some good ones, and there's other people. Welcome back, ones. Brett. Hey. Good to be here. It's great. Let's uh, let's jump into the answers that we have, and the the first one I, I'm definitely going first on this because this is my answer. Um, this is from October 28th, an NFL question that I asked by ourselves that the Patriots would win at least two of their next three games. This was, the games were at the Bills, um, at the Jets, and at home against the Ravens. The answer was a bye. They lost mm. that first game to the Bills, but rattled off wins against the Jets and the Ravens. Every single person sold it, and everybody got it wrong. I'm happy about that. Ooh. I wish that I had had bought it, but I'm happy because that brings down my my percentage of points scored against, and I'm I'm in the hunt for the hardest questions <laughs> this season. Man. Which is a title yeah, that I, we'll I, be I didn't give see out. that win against Baltimore coming. <laughs> no. but that weather nope. was 
Unbelievably Nasty. terrible. Mm -hmm. And Baltimore's trending in the wrong direction, boys. Yes, they, they are. are. All right, our next I, I, I take for you. Sorry, Brad. I take back everything I said about the Ravens being the team to beat about two months ago, Ben. Yeah. Because I was convinced yeah. they were the ones. They were the gold standard in the AFC. That That's not the case right now. Take it back. Next answer uh, coming from a Greg Golf question by herself that the winner of the Masters would be a first-time winner. That ended up being a bye. Dustin Johnson got the win and had never won it before. We all bought that and all got it correct. We got a first-timer. There are a couple of uh, guesses on who that would be. Greg, you said Xander Shoffley and Tim said John Rahm. Those are both incorrect. Nobody guessed Dustin Johnson. That's so. surprising, actually. Yeah. yeah, it is. I can't believe I didn't throw out a yeah, guess. Yeah, nobody else I threw think. out guesses. So I and I even said when the question was asked, has DJ won it? And hmm. Greg said yeah, no. I remember you and said, said that. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the first timers. Yeah, interesting. Fortunate. Should have just threw his name out there. You should have, and then you would have gotten an extra point, which you might have ended up needing. We'll see how the rest of this Maybe. this session goes. Uh, you, you, Ben, were the next one to ask a question, a college football question by herself that there would be a game in the top 25 in college football last weekend decided by one, two, and three points. The answer was a sell. Miami and Virginia Tech was a one-point game. There were a couple of four-point games, but there were none that were decided by two or three points. Everybody sold it, and everybody was correct. Thanks, Ben. Well, team. in my defense, there was like five games canceled. Yes, and that's yeah. true. And USC scored with like 10 seconds, three seconds left. Uh, otherwise, we would have had a three-point. So we were yeah. really close to having two of the three. Yep. It, it, it wasn't a terrible question, but I also didn't see it happening. But. The only reason why I picked the question is because I looked at the lines, and there was, a, there was a one, a two, and like three threes. So there was a really close lines. Gotcha. All right. Tim with a PGA question by ourselves that the winner of this year's Masters would finish at 15 under or better. That ended up being a bye. Dustin Johnson finished at 20 under, which record. I, yeah, I believe that is the record for lowest ever. Greg, myself, and Tim all bought it and got it correct, and Ben, Josh, and Austin all incorrect and split it. Tim actually asked a good question. After the yeah. after the first day of the Masters, I was kind of I was a little bit worried about the 15, but there's no way I didn't think that DJ would go to 20 under. That was just right. a ridiculous. Score put up. Stop. Well, and then even on on to start Sunday, the scores weren't great. Right. Mm -hmm. we, I mean, because there was a lot of guys that were two over par, even par, even two under that finish. And I'm thinking, okay, course might be playing kind of hard today. And yeah. It wasn't the case. That was not the case did, for did him. It, was it? Was it? I mean, obviously it's different because you didn't have the patrons. They don't call them fans. They call them the patrons. Did it diminish your enjoyment, Ben, of the tournament that you didn't have all the fans and the roars um, of the crowd? A little bit. It just felt the yeah. whole tournament felt a little different to me. Uh, not in a bad way. I still watched a ton of it. Right. It still looked like Augusta, um, but it did feel a little bit different. I think probably because, to me, I, and I've said this a ton on the show, is that Masters weekend to me is is when the calendar officially kind of flips. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just 2020 or the fact that it was played in November it didn't quite feel like the Masters. But I still watched right. the tournament, enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yep. it's really good. All right, Austin had the next question from the NFL by herself that the Packers would beat the Jaguars by at least 18 points. That was a sell. They only won by four, 24 to 20. And it was Greg, myself, and Tim that were correct with sells. Everybody else, the other three, wrong with a buy. Boom. 
They played awful in that game. <laughs> yes. Aaron Jones couldn't get anything going. Lucky to win that. Um, it was brutal. They let up a special teams touchdown. Jake Luton, the Oregon State quarterback, had some success against them, and they had a chance to go um, tie it at the end and couldn't do it. But, but man, that was I, was I watched the game with a Packer fan, and he was just not happy <laughs> at all. can imagine. Was he as un- unhappy as the Bears and Vikings fans were Monday night? I don't think so because the Packers no. are still, okay. what, 7-2 and two or something? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. With a Husker football question, Greg, by our cell, that Nebraska would outgain Penn State on Saturday. That ended up being a sell. Penn State outgained Nebraska 501 <laughs> to 298. Greg and Austin both sold it and were correct. Everyone else was incorrect, but uh, the scoreboard is the only thing that mattered at the end. Yep. That's right. That's right. Uh, next question came from Tim. An NFL question here by saw that Phillip Rivers would throw at least one interception in last Thursday night's Colts-Titans game, and Tennessee running back Derrick Henry would rush for at least 100 yards. That answer was also a sell. Derrick Henry had 103 on the ground, so that part of the question was correct, but this was an and, and uh, the other part of it didn't come true. Rivers, right Rivers didn't throw an interception, and that's right. Greg, you, Ben, <laughs> and Brett all sold it and were right. Uh, myself, Austin, and Tim, we all got it wrong with a bye. I didn't, I didn't think Henry would get to 100. It took him, what, 18 carries, I think, yeah. to get there. He ripped off a couple big ones late to even get close to it, but... Yeah, Phil not throwing one to the other team. I know, shocking. (laughs) All right, and finishing up uh, last week's questions, uh, Josh with a golf question by our soul that the winner of the Masters would record at least two eagles or 22 birdies throughout the tournament. That ended up being a bye. DJ only had 20 birdies but had exactly two eagles, making it a bye. Greg, Greg, Ben, myself, and Austin all bought it and got it right. Uh, Josh, the question asker, and Tim got it incorrect. All right, here's good the question. Josh. I know I was going to say very I, good, very I wasn't good I wasn't here last week to explain myself. I thought that the birdies was going to be way too high for anybody to get. The Eagles was really the only part of it that I thought was attainable and I for whatever reason I didn't think that it was going to happen. I what I looked at was the year before Tiger Woods didn't have any Eagles, which he's not necessarily that kind of a player anyway, but he yeah, he didn't have any Eagles, so I didn't know if that was going to happen. It depended on who it was and DJ was a guy who could get that done. So anyway, um, totals for the week. Greg, you were outstanding. Seven of eight. You only got the first question wrong. So technically on all of last week's questions that we had answers to, you were perfect seven of seven. Uh, Ben, you were four of eight this week. I was three of eight. Brett, five of eight, which is the second best on the week. And then Austin and Tim both went four of eight as well. So not great by anybody except for Greg, uh, who now has a three-point lead. Greg, you and Ben were tied uh, after last week, but now Greg, you've opened up a 72 to 69 lead. Second or third place behind that is Austin at 66. So is this the last week for it? For the whole thing? No, we're, we're, <laughs> no. We've got a ways to go. We always go till the end Dang of bowl season. Is is when it. we nice end. Nice try. By nice try on that. <laughs> All right. Greg, you know who you are. You're Michael Scott from the office. We'll just say whoever's ahead won. Yeah. It's over. That's who you are. <laughs> oh, oh, that was us. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, didn't even oh know. who is who is winning? Oh, d- literally just said it. All right, um, Greg. I think you're going first here this yeah. week. All right, Husker football. Our topic for question number one: Buy or sell that Nebraska's quarterbacks 
outrush Illinois' quarterbacks <sighs> on Saturday. Man, what's your answer? Remember, the Williams kid I went know. for 192 last week for Illinois. But does he play? Uh, who, who did they play he'll last play. week? But he start, like, does he have the bulk um, of the, the reps at QB? He had 31 carries last week. I know. I don't think he gets 31 I'm carries. Going to, I'm going to buy the Nebraska's quarterbacks outrush Illinois. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to buy it. All right. I don't know. I don't. The big question is how much does Williams play? Right. I know what I would do if I was Illinois. That's the only time this year your offense has moved the ball at all. So I would just keep doing it until it doesn't work. Right. right. I don't know what's going on in Champaign. Also, how bad is Rutgers' rush defense? Is my my question here. Right. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna sell it in hopes that Illinois. Well, I, I, in hopes, I say by sell terminology. I, I, I don't hope that Isaiah Williams rushes for a lot of yards. But um, I would think Illinois coaches go, okay, this is the most successful our offense has been all year. we got to stick with it. Um, I expect them both to play, but I, I expect Williams to c- still carry the ball 15-plus times. So yeah. I'm going to take – I'm going to sell it. I'm going to side with you on this one, Ben. I'm selling too. I just – it, I, I think that the Huskers are going to put up a lot of yards and win the game, but I would imagine that will be Illinois' game plan is to run Williams a lot. And remember, A.J. Bush had the big game against Nebraska. In fact, the Williams kid broke the quarterback rushing record at Illinois from A.J., right. who did it against Nebraska sure. a couple years ago. Brett? All right, I'm going to buy this one, actually, because uh, yeah, I'm just going to go with the Huskers. I like it. Austin has submitted all of his answers, by the way, ahead of time, and he bought this one. So, haven't I figured this one would go down the middle? Yes. This one you could go. You could make a case either side of this. I, I like that question a lot. That was a good one. All right, Ben, you're up next. All right, here we go. We're going to the National Football League here. Buy or sell that the Pittsburgh Steelers lose a game before the New York Jets win a game. So, looking at the Steelers' schedule, you've got on the road at Jacksonville. Then you've got Baltimore. Then the Washington football team. And then at Buffalo. Uh, so, there are some, I would say, three of their next five games are will be spreads of less than three. Are the Jets still winless? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, they are. Um, let's look at the Jets' schedule. The Jets have... A bye this week, so that helps them. So they're back in action against the Chargers. Then they play the Dolphins, then the Raiders, then the Seahawks, then the Rams. All right. You don't even have to give your answer. I've already got mine. I'm going to buy that. For me, the logic is it's easier to stumble into a loss than it is to win a game when you're a terrible, terrible football team. So you're saying that the Steelers... I say so that the Steelers lose a game before the Jets win a game, which is a buy. Okay. Uh, this is hard with the bye week, but I'm going to sell it because I think uh, New York is going to win a game. I, I don't know if they win a game the rest of the year. I don't either. Got to do I'm it with Josh. Time. I'm buying. You're buying? Ad- Gase is going to write the ship there. I'm torn. I'm, I'm honestly a little Yeah, torn. this is a great question. The Jets, aren't, the Jets are bad, but they've lost a lot of close games too. And the Steelers I know. should have lost already. Right. Well, that's what I'm thinking is that I don't know. I could see it. I could see the Jets winning a game, but it, I could much more easily see the Steelers losing a game. 
Hmm. So Greg bought it. I, and yeah, and I Josh bought, it, bought it, and Austin has bought it. Brett's the only one that's sold it so far. Coming to the dark side. Man, I for some reason I think New York's gonna do it. Then sell it. Um the, you know what's scaring me on this question is the Packers. The Packers last week against the Jags have me scared. Um, Jags look good. So for that for that reason, I'm going to take the Steelers because of that that game should have been a blowout, and so I'm not going to assume anything during this bye week. So I guess you're buying. Point. Yeah. All right. I'm up next. I'm going Husker football with my question, like Greg did. Buy or sell that Nebraska accumulates at least – 550 yards of total offense on Saturday, or Nebraska and Illinois combine for 1,000 yards. Even though the Huskers have had great success against the Illini under Scott Frost, uh, at least in total yards-wise, I am still going to uh, sell that. That's an aggressive number, and therefore I will sell. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? Anybody. Anybody can jump in in any order. I'll, I'll, I'm with you, Josh. I think it's a little high. I'm going to sell that, too. Yeah, it, I'm going to have to follow suit. That's a sell for me. Yeah, make it around the room. I'm selling as well. Nobody thinks that the Huskers will go for as many yards as they did last year. Mm-mm. Got it. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm up next with an NBA question by sell that the Brooklyn Nets are a two-seater <laughs> higher in the East than the 2021 <laughs> NBA playoffs, uh, and I am going to buy that one. Honestly, even if James Harden doesn't go there, I still feel like they could probably still get the two seed behind uh, uh, Milwaukee. I, I, you know, there's so many uncertainties. You can have injuries, so I'm going to sell it. I, there's this. I'll take the field against that. Right. I mean, I think they're going to be really good. I think they're a playoff team, but two or higher that doesn't give you much room for margin. <laughs> so I sell. I'm, I'm going to buy it. I. What's funny is we'll be answering this question when we're in season two and kind of coming yeah. down, you know, entering <laughs> summer here. I hope it decides something I know. critical. It'll be good. It'll be good. Ben? I'm going to sell it too. Um, I don't really know what the roster makeup is going to be for the rest of the East, but you, you, Miami's obviously going to be solid. Boston's going to be solid. Toronto's going to be solid. I don't know what Kevin Durant's going to look like, and Kyrie Irving is still a part of that team, so that that could just be a disastrous locker room. So I'm going to I'm going to sell it. That locker room, it could. Oh my goodness, Harden, James Harden's in there. You better you better watch out. Have some social distancing in that locker room. Yeah, all right. Not COVID reasons. Yeah. Another NBA question here. This one from Austin. Buy or sell that at least eight players drafted in the first round of tonight's NBA draft played for a team that finished in last season's final AP Top 25. Now, this is a question that you could probably do a little cheating on, or at least if you've been paying attention or know what happened last year, you might have an idea of what to do here. Um, I'm Austin bought it, so I think he knows what he's doing. I'll buy it, I guess. Although, he remember, he's terrible on his own questions. So Yeah, he I mean, is. you look at Georgia wasn't ranked. We know that kid Edwards was going to go high. Wiseman of... Memphis only played a little bit for them. They didn't end up having a great year. I know Iowa State's got a kid that's going to get drafted. They weren't very good. I'm going to sell it. I think it's eight's a little bit on the aggressive side. Not far off, but just a little. Okay. Yeah, with limited knowledge other than knowing that Austin usually gets his questions wrong, I'm going to have to sell this one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's really all you have to know. He has been trending better the last few weeks, but still around 30%, I think, on his own questions. 
So, trying to figure out where we're at right now with 14. I'm not. 16. I'm not going to look at the rankings, but Auburn had to have been in the top 25. Florida State had to have been in the top 25. Is Maryland? I don't know if Maryland was. Dayton was. There's three. Um. Let's see. They're the kid from Kentucky will be. The kid from Villanova will be. The kid from Carolina will be. How many do we need to get to? Eight. In just the first round, correct? Yep. Um, man, I, I just don't know if some of these teams are top 25 teams. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say we get there. All right. I'm buying. Buying. Love it. Good stuff. All right, next up with Tim's question, a Husker men's basketball Ooh. question. Buy or sell that Teddy Allen leads Nebraska in scoring in the huh. Golden Window event. Which we now know the schedule, huh. at least yeah, unofficially, kind of official. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to quickly buy that one. Quickly what buy. Tim what did Tim, Tim do? Tim d- didn't do anything. He just... You got to be kidding me. Well, yeah, we don't even know what <laughs> Tim did. Um, Tim is abstaining. Well, we've heard Fred Hoiberg talk about that Teddy just is a scorer. Yeah. So that would lead me to believe that, yeah, he probably will. And he led him, I think, in their inner squad scrimmage last week. I'll buy it. Ooh. I'm going to buy it, too. He had 29 in that scrimmage. So that's, that's I a mean, good enough number for me. If it, was, if it was one game, I think that I would think about selling because that's just a little bit risky for me to say one guy. But over the course of three games, as long as all three of those games are played, I think that's doable. I'm, I'm going to buy two with, with you guys. All right. Back to me. Back to Big Ten football. Buy or sell that both Ohio State and Wisconsin cover Saturday. Currently, the Buckeyes are a 20.5 favorite. Wisconsin a 7.5 point favorite. And I'm going to buy it. I'm selling. Northwestern will beat the spread. I'm selling, too. Uh, That's Greg, that's basically a, a combination parlay question, so I'm... I'm surprised you are buying that. That's a two-team parlay right there. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna s- I'm gonna sell that for the same reason as Ben. I think Northwestern plays spoiler. There you go. Austin didn't answer this one. He's given his answer for all the other ones, but not for that one. All right, Ben, over to this you. This one, this one, he couldn't couldn't quite put his thumb on. Yep, n- not sure. <laughs> I had to think about it. <laughs> all right, on to my second question: College football style, buy or sell that there is a lead change in the final two minutes of the USC Utah game. USC has come from behind in the final minute in both of their games so far and is only a three-point favorite against Utah. Interesting. Has Utah played yet? No. They're the only team in the, of the 120 how many ever teams oh, wow. in <laughs> FBS that have not. I saw that wow. stat earlier today. Wow, wow, well, wow. Well. What are you going to do, Ben? Hmm. I'll jump in here. I'm, I'm going to sell that. If it's happened twice already, that seems like the odds are going to keep going up that it's not going to happen. So I'll, I'll sell. I've been a buy on this all day, but now I'm kind of rethinking it. <laughs> I, I, I'll jump in. And I'm going to sell this one. I uh, Utah's going to be a little rusty after not having played a game the entire year. Yeah, I'm going to sell as well. I just don't think that, you know, Lead changes in the last two minutes of football games are kind of rare, 
since they've already done two, odds are stacked against them. So I sell. Yep. All right, I'll I'll be different. I've been a, I've been a buy all day. I'll go with yeah. my gut. Keep in mind, USC has been a huge favorite in both of those games. True. Um, so they get Arizona blasted. State and Arizona, and this has only been a three point spread. So I'm expecting this to be a close game. I'm buying it. All right, this next question I was a fan of because it's my own. And I thought it was creative. Buy or sell that <laughs> Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins combined for at least four more fantasy points than Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf in tomorrow night's game. So this is our league, our league. we're talking about? Yep. So ES- our ESPN. This is ESPN scoring. Yep. And I'm going to – What are you doing, I'm Josh? buying. The Saints were not good last game. I think they bounce back and play well, and I think those two are big parts of it, so I'll sell it. Saints aren't involved in this No, I mean the Seahawks. Seahawks. Oh, Seahawks. I was like, what am I missing? <laughs> Didn't they play the Saints? Maybe. Yeah. Seattle played uh, the New Rams. Orleans, right? Oh, you're right. Okay. They got beat by the Rams. That's right. The Sunday night yeah. game. So what did you say, Greg? You're buying I'm or selling? S- I'm selling. Selling, okay. Ben, man, the, the wild card here for me is is Nuke. He has not been great, overly consistent. And the thing with, people could say, well, DK Metcalf was held to two catches last week. Jalen Ramsey yeah, was Ramsey. all in his business all day long. Um, and Russ has had back to back terrible games. <laughs> I think he, I think he's turned it over seven times in the last two weeks. Not good. Um. I'm going to I'm going to buy it because Kyler's going to get at least 9 points with his legs. Yep. And he's probably going to score 3 or 4 times cuz Seattle's defense is If you want if you want comedy, you want to laugh at something, watch Seattle try and play defense. Yep. Brett. Yeah, I'm going to buy that one, god. Seattle's defense is horrendous. Just awful. And all the the if you look at the projected points, it's like 5 or 6 more for that for Murray and Hopkins over Wilson and Metcalf. All right, wrapping up uh, this week's questions with a college football one by sell that at least one of the underdogs wins one of the three matchups this weekend where both teams are ranked in the top 25 and that underdog wins by eight or more points. So two of them are the Big Ten games, right? Yes, sir. And what's the third one? Uh, let me go double check real quick. It's uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, I think. Yeah. Bedlam. Okay. Bedlam. Um, I... I'll sell on that. I was going to say, I'm going to sell that. I think that you'll see an underdog win, but maybe that's hard to say that they will that they will win and win by eight or more points. I'm going to buy that just to be different, and uh, it's my question. Yeah, so. you got to buy your own questions. <laughs> yeah, that's an unwritten rule. So, yeah. It's an and. I sell. <laughs> yep. Already, ha- already had your answer written down, Greg. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ben, what did you do? Oh, I sold it. You sold it? All right. That's it. Sold. Done. All right. Well done. We'll see how we did next week. See if you guys can catch me.